He wants sex in the morning, but she wants sex at night. It happens, both in new relationships and for couples that have been together a long time. Libidos that are not in sync. Why does that happen and how can we fix it? You're about to find out. I'm Dr. Christy Wise, and this is Life Sauce. Dr. Janet Williams is a licensed MD, a board-certified OBGYN, and a wellness coach for women. Once plagued with low libido herself, Dr. Williams now helps women rejuvenate their love lives with a holistic approach. So today we're talking about what to do and what happens when our libidos aren't in sync. Huge topic. And the wonderful thing is because of your background, we have so many good questions for you, right? So I'm really excited to kind of hear what had you decide to write your book because I think that, that amazing and courageous because it's a hard thing to do when you kind of have that awakening, you know, and what your personal experience was. Right. So thanks. Uh, first off, thank you for having me here. It's, it's great to be with you. Um, and yeah, so I started this journey essentially um, as, a, as a resident um, in obstetrics and gynecology. I'm an obstetrician gynecologist. And um, coming out of residency, I got a question from a friend who was like asking me questions about sex and, you know, things like positions and what do I do? And I was kind of like caught off guard because it's not really something that I was taught, you know? So despite four years in medical school and four years in residency training, there was not like really any training in sexual function and sexual medicine, very little, Um, not probably not even a whole lecture on it. And, and I thought to myself, that's kind of crazy. Like this is my area and I can't give my friend any advice. I have no idea, you know? Um, So that was the kind of first realization that I had. And then the, even prior to that, like, my own experience growing up in a very conservative religious family um, is that I didn't really get much in the way of, you know, education from a family member, from my, from my mom. Um, it was very kind of clinical and matter of fact, <laughs> the direction that I got from them. And so I was coming from, uh, from it with that background. And then once I had, you know, become board certified and in practice, I started seeing a lot of women coming in at all different ages, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and beyond, um, with this complaint, like, I don't, you know, feel like doing it, I don't want to do it, I don't want to do it anymore, I don't know what I'm doing, you know, and these questions were coming up to me, and I wanted to help, but I didn't have any answers. And even when I would ask my colleagues, more esteemed, more, you know, experienced, and seasoned colleagues, I would ask, you know, what do we do in these situations? they didn't really have any real answers either. Wow. And so that's where it was really born. Wow. Isn't that interesting? I mean, (laughs) it is really. And part of me is thinking, wow, is that just because we're socialized that way and it's not important for us to figure out the classes? Because going through my doctoral program and, you know, psychology, I don't think there was, yes, we had sexuality, but 
drive, desire, all of that stuff really, Mm -hmm. it's very clinical. Very clinical. Um, And even even within the clinical aspect of it, at least in the medical field, now we're starting to see a lot more with it, um, but the the sexual medicine for women wasn't really born until the era of Viagra. Because yes. what happened was you had all these um, men on Viagra, and their uh, women partners were like, "Okay, wait, wait a second, what do we do now?" Like, yeah. You know, so that's kind of where we started to see. If we if you look back, that's where we start to see um, this field sort of emerge. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, but the, the training just wasn't, it just wasn't there. It didn't yeah. exist. And yeah. I agree. It's pro- probably um, how we're socialized. Mm-hmm. It's a cultural problem, yeah. you know, where women's pleasure um, is taboo to talk mm-hmm. about first off. And then secondly, it's, it's not something that is, has been traditionally a, a priority. Um, yeah. We need to change that. And that's what these conversations are That's right. That's really why I'm so glad we're talking <laughs> about it. I have to tell you, I also recognize that at my age, I'm 56 and, you know, going, just really starting menopause and all of that stuff, that when I do go and get checkups, it's not something that the doctors often will engage in that conversation. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, well, at your age, that's how, that's what's normal. But right. not the what to and how to, yeah. and how, you know. And that's really, it's really unacceptable, you know, yeah. when we think about that, to tell a woman that, you know, that's normal. Uh-huh. And so it's normal. And now I, I just don't have sex anymore. Like, that's right. it's not okay. And, no. and we do need to change that, you know, change that narrative and the mindset and provide that education. So, yep. yeah. And I'm so glad we're talking about it. So when I, obviously when yeah. I see my clients, I come at it from, um, the psychology behind it, but mm-hmm. it really is to kind of rule out the physiology, the psychology, is it the relationship, is it body image, is it, you know, so where do you start, you know, when a client comes and a patient comes and says, okay, I'm just, I, I have no desire, or he always wants it in the morning, and I think it's just because he gets an erection and he doesn't know what to do with that, and I want it at night because I've had a glass of wine, other than that, forget it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it is like you said, um, multifactorial, um, and there's something you know that we refer to as biopsychosocial model, where it's sort of the biology, the psychology, the sociology, like all of those p- parts and pieces are a part of it, and you can't really exclude any of it. So I really tend to start with uh, whether I'm working with a patient or a client is to start with where they are and what complaint they they come in with. And then we kind of try to hone down exactly what's behind that. Because some people will will say my libido is shot or they'll say I don't want to do it. But then you have to figure out why why is it that you don't want to do it? Because sometimes, you know, people are confusing libido with arousal and they're all, you know, different, you know, parts of of these things. So, for example, when we talk about libido, we're really talking about desire. And that is our our internal, like... um, either response to, because there's responsive desire and then there's like spontaneous desire. And so that that's what we're really talking about when we're talking about desire. And so we, when someone says my libido is shot, I'm just not feeling it. I, I kind of get into that a little bit more and try to figure out what aspect of, of what they're talking about is really going on. You know, yeah, that's great. And you're right. I don't think that, again, we're not educated to know the difference, but I also think that they impact each other. So oh, yeah. if, 
your libido's there, but your body doesn't respond, then all mm-hmm. of a sudden you get in your head about your body not responding, right. right? Or your partner gets in your head about your body not responding. Yeah. And then it's like the ripple effect. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It's like it feeds, like you said, it does feed on itself. So like if your body is not like physically responding and then you maybe have dryness, like for example, in perimenopause and menopause, our hormone levels fluctuate often. So you might have one day where suddenly you're having pain with intercourse uh-huh. and you're like, where is this coming from? Like yesterday, if, and I feel the same about my partner, like nothing has changed. He's still fantastic, but now it hurts. And so if you have an experience where you've got this pain, the next time it rolls around, you're, you're not, you may not want to go there because your body's anticipating pain and nobody wants pain. Right. Right. And so while you might still have desire for your husband, like, uh, or partner, you, may have this like issue with the with the pain and and so yeah. it's like a it, you know a, a problem yeah like what comes but like first drilling down on that and figuring out where that is then we can really um make some changes and make some make yeah. the right um uh assistance that's right. right and i also feel like um it's it's uncomfortable for couples to talk about their expectations or their feelings or what's happening. Because I know when we don't, a lot of times he'll misinterpret that, Mm -hmm. oh, she's not aroused and, you know, she's not into me anymore. She used to get so wet. Now she doesn't Mm -hmm. at all. And she's going, oh my God, he thinks I'm not into him. And I am, I am, I am, you know, so there's a, you know, like that quick, (laughs) you you know, and instead of it being like, look, this is just what's happening. And there's lube now on my nightstand, your nightstand. And let's, Mm -hmm. let's figure this out together. It's not because I don't want you. Right. Well, and then there's like the ego thing where, you know, I think it's a a disservice to um, male partners who um, have in their brain that, that they're supposed to be able to somehow know what, you know, what to do. Like, Uh there's no training for men either, you know, Uh and so they have this thought that, um, and this can, you know, happen even, you know, early on, even if you're not in a long term relationship, like, there's this thought that, okay, I need to, you know, pump, I need to endure, you know, I have to be large, you know, all of those things. And that's really, really a fallacy. Like most women don't have orgasm, from intercourse. That's right. Like our bodies are not even actually set up that way for the most part. Um, you know, you can, but for the majority of women in the studies that they've done and the surveys that have been done, most women don't um, orgasm that way. Yeah. And so, you know, if there's this ego thing where the man thinks like, oh, I've got to like endure for 45 minutes. I'm supposed to have be really like well and quote unquote well endowed. Yeah. Um, and that may have nothing to do with her pleasure at all. I was thinking that back. when you were talking about Viagra, I was thinking, I don't know any women that want to go beyond, you know, I don't know, 40 minutes, five hours. Like, you know, the commercial the <laughs> yeah, like, lasts longer than five hours. And she looks yeah. like tortured, you know, five yeah, hours. Yeah. <laughs> do you know? So, so if, if there was this freedom to say, okay, I may or may not orgasm and actually it's mostly on my part to tell you what I need, right? I'm not Mm -hmm. just expecting you to make it happen for me, but I have to be a part of this. But I know that I'm, you know, more aroused at night. And he says, yeah, but at night I'm tired. And in the morning I feel energetic and my erection seems more natural. 
How do you bridge that gap when you're talking to clients? When there's like a like differences in yep. what 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 the partners want. Yep. Well, I mean, here's the thing. What we need to do rather than focusing on orgasm, for example, is to focus on pleasure. And then um also focusing on the connection that we're making. And so sometimes, you know, it's not necessarily about like um, everyone having the same level of pleasure at the same time. Yeah. You know, it, there is room for um, that mismatch within the, in the sexual encounter. Yeah. And that's where the communication comes into play. You know, sometimes one partner can, you know, have the, have their cake and eat it too, <laughs> um, you know, at, at that time. And maybe the next time is your time where you do it in the evening or, you know what I mean? Yeah. After yes. your glass of wine and maybe, you know, not everyone orgasms at the same time, you know, maybe tonight is my night. And so you can kind of negotiate these, uh, and I don't even like the word negotiate, but yeah. like you can decide, um, that you're going to do it that way, you know, yeah. um, so that everyone gets pleasure it may not look like what we're told it's supposed to look right. like, you know, in, on TV, they show, you know, people enraptured, like spontaneously, <laughs> you throw me against the wall and, you know, the we fireworks. both like climax at the same time. Like, but in reality, that's not really what happens. Right. <laughs> Most people don't climax at the same time. Sometimes one person goes first and the other person goes after that. Like I may, someone may need to perform oral sex. And somebody else might, you know, get their pleasure from intercourse. And so a part of it is knowing what you like, you know, and, and being able to communicate that with a partner and then coming together to figure out what works for you. Yeah, that's right. I also think that sexual intimacy is about the intimacy that mm -hmm. there's different times. It's almost like sometimes you go and you eat real quick in the middle because you only have time for a sandwich and other times yeah. you sit down at a gorgeous restaurant. Yeah. Both feed different parts of what you need. Right? And That's I feel great. like uh -huh. those encounters, it doesn't always have to be at a fresh French restaurant. Like sometimes right. it could be, you know, Carl's yeah. Jr. <laughs> a hole in the wall. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. So is there anything that you notice in your patients that seems fairly consistent about, you know, changes in desire and how to sometimes increase that? So people want to know, like, what do I do? How do I recharge that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that the biggest thing that I see uh, with women is generally at a certain stage in life, you've got a lot going on, you know, yeah. when you're, you know, 40s, 50s, there's multiple things happening. You often have aging parents, your kids are like in high school or, or off to college and you're empty nesting. So you're dealing with all of the emotions that go along with that. Um, there's a lot of like emotional things that are happening, stress related things that are happening. It's a time where a lot of women are just, they've kind of lost touch with themselves. Like I even remember, I'm, I'm 49, just turned 49. And I remember a time, you know, when my twenties where I would spend like an hour and a half, like doing my eyebrow, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> And just like, you know, this baby hairs and I'm doing like one yeah. thing for like forever because yeah. I don't have a whole laundry list of responsibilities. You know, my like 
nails were perfect and everything was like done because I had the time and I didn't have the responsibility to do all these other things. And I think that um, a part of what's very important in having the full, like total um, balanced picture is, you know, being able to give yourself Mm self-care. And I can't tell you like how many clients that I, I have that, you know, when I talk to them about self-care and the last time they've really spent some time with themselves, they can't remember when that was. Mm. Wow. And so I think that's like one of the, the biggest issues is that we're ripping and running and like we're going yeah. and not like able to, you know, focus in on ourselves. Because what happens when, you, when you're able to focus in on yourself, you, you're able to give yourself, you know, self-love. You're able to care um, for what your physical needs are. I mean, as far as even like making a doctor's appointment, you know, to see what's going on with your body, with what's happening with the cycles and, you know, even being in sync with what, what, what the changes are, you know? Uh, yep. Um, so all of those, um, all of those things play into um, what I see the most. And I think it's that, that stress and like, just not being aware, just not being focused in. And I think for women, the way that we handle and deal with stress is a little bit different than the way men uh, often handle stress. And a lot of times men are like, I'm stressed, let's do it. You know what I mean? Like, let's have sex. And for women, they're like, we've got this laundry list of things. This, all of this has to be in order. And then, you know, like on vacation, I can have sex. Yeah. Yep. So it's, it's about like bringing that, uh, vacation energy (laughs) into your life and that's really you know going to be important to making that making some of those switches and then again you know figuring out if we if there is like a biologic component to it there's like medications that we can use yeah um you know and treatments for the you know sort of biologic aspect of things yeah you know that's interesting concept because vacation sex which is Mm -hmm. exactly what you know women are like okay if we get away for the weekend but Mm -hmm. as I think about it she's you know wanting to lose a couple pounds because she's gonna be in a bathing suit she's bringing her pretty underwear she's doing her eyebrows before she goes she's bringing the cute sandals yeah you know all those things that make her feel pretty or beautiful Mm -hmm. or in touch Mm -hmm. is really part of what brings that arousal there for her. Right. Well, and then there's another step to that where, you know, the things that make us feel pretty um, are important, but there something that's even bigger than that is sort of dismantling what society has told us about what beauty is, mm. you know, and coming to the understanding that like from the womb, like we came out of the womb beautiful we're already beautiful so we don't really need to do anything to become beautiful we can do that now like we are beautiful now and it that in and of itself is is the self-love component component Mm -hmm. of it like making that understanding uh, understanding that that we have worth as we are right now regardless of size regardless of your shape your hair blah 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 all of these things we're already we already have that worth and when we make that realization, there's something that I see that like it click, it's like a light bulb that goes on in my clients where they're like, aha, you know? <laughs> and when you, when you um, have that sense of self-love, it does then carry over into the self-care 
where you then begin to do the things that take care of yourself, you know, because when you realize like, I've got worth, I'm already beautiful, I deserve these things, then you're going to take care of yourself a little bit better. I'm going to feed myself the right nutrition. I'm going to get make sure that I'm getting the the right sleep. I'm going to find out I'm going to educate myself on what I what it is that I actually need what's going on with my body. Yeah. And so that self love is like, really important. And it kind of supersedes like, you know, because sometimes we do the self care mm-hmm. um, without the self love and right. that that's not as good. It's no. good, yeah. you know, but you're, you're going to just be back to where you were when you before you had the massage. Right. <laughs> yeah. And there's a difference yeah. between just checking that box, get my mm-hmm. hair done, get my nails done and really doing it because you're present and you're enjoying the experience and you're caring. Mm-hmm. You yes. know, it's that concept of being on an airplane and putting your mask on, you know, oxygen mm-hmm. mask on first before anybody Absolutely. else. Yeah. I mean, you're the engine that's behind everything, right? Yes. Yeah. So um, what about the idea of the relationship in some ways impacting drive and people looking for all these external reasons, not like looking within, like what mm-hmm. isn't working for me here anymore? Do you know, that's part of the psychosocial, the biopsychosocial mm-hmm. that you were talking about, like just checking in about those relationships and connections. Absolutely. So a part of one of the th- uh, things that in a, in a self-care, I have an I have an acronym um, for self-care. So and, and the E in the uh, care stands for evaluate. And that when we talk about evaluation, we're we're talking about how we speak to ourselves. Um, we're talking about how we communicate um, with others and how we, um, what our relationships are like, if we have the right type of boundaries in, in place, if we stand up for ourselves, if we have friends or associates or even romantic partners or, or, or life partners that um, are not treating us properly, like, um, that's kind of where this comes into play, where we do need to, you know, periodically evaluate those relationships and see if they're doing what we're what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And then if they're not, like asking ourselves the asking ourselves a question: Are we communicating what we need? Mm. Yep. Are we advocating for ourselves? Are we, you know, letting people run over us? Are we over? Are we over helping? You know, yeah. um, or you know, trying to please, like over please, pleasing, not saying no when we need to say no. Yeah, That's a very important piece of it because you're not going to, the desire is not going to be there if you're not um, being heard in your relationship. Yeah, I, yeah, very much so. I think, wow, you know, the idea of that we train people how to treat us often, like mm-hmm. that, you know, we've given all this permission to be or treat or act a certain way. And then not know how to retrain or to say, you know, I've evolved. Now I need Mm -hmm. communication this way or that's changed for me. I no longer Mm -hmm. want that. I need this, you know, and allowing yourself to be able to retrain your environment. Right. Definitely. And I think that I, if people, you talked about evolution and how, you know, we're not static, you know, individuals are not static over time. We change Mm -hmm. and hopefully we grow. Yeah. Um, and having that realization coming into a relationship is 
is very important, which, you know, sometimes if you've been in a relationship, you, you don't have that, you know, foresight. But um, in starting a relationship, it's something that is a good thing to try to think about, you know, beforehand to say, hey, this is who I am right now. Who are you right now? Yeah. You know, this is where I want to go. I mean, maybe I will go there. And that's where I'm, that's my trajectory that I'm hoping for. Yeah. Um, but just to have those conversations to kind of be prepared that things will change and we're, we're going to continue to communicate about it as things move forward. But yeah. 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 Not like, well, you used to want this. Well, guess what? I don't today. Or, you know, yeah. I might not this evening. Do you mm-hmm. know? So how would you suggest that people prepare themselves for good sex, for healthy sex? Yeah. I think, again, this boils down to figuring out what you like, yeah. you know, fig- figuring out what works for you, understanding your own anatomy and understanding general anatomy. And then you know, taking it a step further to understand what your own anatomy is, because a lot of us really don't. We don't know. Haven't looked with the mirror. The last thing that you may have known was from your eighth grade, like sex education course where they put a condom on a banana. Like (laughs) that was like 40 years ago. Like you may not be aware. So to make that connection with yourself, like understand what was happening in your body and what, um, you know, the normal anatomy is what common you know things are and then what you're feeling in your own body and um you know i'm an advocate of masturbation i think that self-pleasure is important you know not only for just the purpose of having pleasure but also so that you can then relay what it is that you need in your um you know sexual uh, relationships if you don't know what to do then he's not going to know what to do that's for sure Yeah. And everyone is so different, even from, you know, some where some of the nerves are in our body. So those things are, it's like vital. Like you're not going to, you're not going to, you know, have the best sex of your life. Well, you might, but like you can make it a little bit more predictable if you have an understanding of, you know, what works for you and what doesn't. And that it certainly changes as with age, right? Mm -hmm. Like the nerves might get lower (laughs) or Mm -hmm. don't change spots right or they might you know it might change from moment to moment Uh you know like depending on how much you know um urine is in your bladder for example you know like what did you eat yesterday like maybe you're more gassy like yeah it changes from moment to moment from experience to experience because again it's that biopsychosocial what's going on in your body what's going on in the environment what's the like dynamic in your relationship right now all of those things can affect um from moment to moment and so having that broader understanding um makes it a lot better too because then you're like okay this side this time wasn't the best but it was we found pleasure in this way but we'll see what happens next time or this evening let's try that one more time let's have a (laughs) do-over yeah so i i am also of the thought that you know a woman in particular needs to get to know her body and certainly be open to developing a relationship with her own bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. Because again, you know, we're socialized different. B- little boys are taught that, you know, their penis is, you know, spectacular. And then they, by the time they're teenagers, they name them or they, you know, like, like yeah. there's a relationship they develop over time. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, many women have no connection with themselves that way. Or even like a negative connection, yeah. you know, they, they feel like the vulva is like 
not beautiful. Yeah. You know, and I eat, despite the fact that so many women have given birth, you know, vaginally and just the thought of, wow, you've given birth, like you've brought a human through mm. your, through your birth canal yeah. and still have this disdain for their, their bodies. It's, it's really crazy if you think about it. Yeah. It's really crazy when it's like, it's, it's hard to even imagine, right? But it, they also lose connection, I think, sometimes with their spiritual, sexual, sensual being because mm-hmm. now they're just mom or, yeah. you know, they get into that rhythm and mm-hmm. they lose those parts of their identity. And I think that's part of this is that mm-hmm. we have so many different parts of our identity that they need to be nurtured. Mm. Right. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. So I had one question about hormones. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as you know, I know as my hormones change that I'm aware of it, and ar- cycles of arousal change too. Is there anything in men or women that you could suggest that? Oh, yeah. This is this is more of a hormonal thing than it is anything else, like low testosterone or anything that they should be like. Oh, maybe I should have that checked. You know, if you have like a sudden, like a sudden change, um, that's happening at like overnight where yesterday it was like perfectly fine and then boom, bam, it's gone or completely different. That would be something to kind of look into right away. And then, you know, sometimes it's not like that, like clear, you know, sometimes you'll feel like all these different things that seem like are, they're unrelated in your body. Um, a lot of women suffer from hot flashes. A lot of women have sleep disturbances. Mm. Um, and then the sleep disturbances, like if you're fatigued, you're not going to want to, you know, you may not want to have sex. Like yeah. if, if you're like chronically fatigued and sometimes people don't even realize it because they're waking up in the middle of the night and losing sleep, they may or may not be having hot flashes mm. and that can, you know, result in these things. So, yeah. um, if you're, if you're just noticing some changes because menopause and perimenopause has like, there's like a hundred different like things that can go on. Most yeah. commonly what we see is like hot flashes and sleep disturbances and um, dryness. Those yeah. are like, you know, maybe the top three, right. but there's a lot of other things like little joint pain and, you know, like subtle things that you may not make the connection with. So it's right. always, you know, a good idea just to check in with the, your healthcare provider. That's right. And be honest, um, be open about what's happening yeah. for you because it, yes, it can be embarrassing for people, but it's what everybody goes through. What Everyone. about attraction? Because mm-hmm. as we get older, right, sometimes in our head, we feel the, like the same person. And then you look in the mirror and you go, oh, you know, things have changed. What about that attraction? Yeah. I think that, again, that, that falls into the category of self-love Yeah, and, you know, I have an exercise that I do with my clients and it is to kind of name like your least favorite body part. And then we work around that and say, what, what's good about that body part? You know? Yeah. (laughs) Because it's like my mom, I got this from my mom. She's like every birthday people, you know, they're like, Oh my God, I'm another year older. And she's like, what is the alternative? <laughs> you know, you're, <laughs> you're going to be dead. Like if you, uh, either you have another birthday or you die. Right. Like, so <laughs> like, where's it, where, where can we find like the beauty in what we have there? If we, 
that, and that applies to attraction as well. Mm -hmm. So if you have a partner that you've been with for a long time, what what is the beauty in the thing that you're not attracted to or you think you're not attracted yeah. to? Yeah, I love that. You know, yeah, because oftentimes I'll hear women say, you know, well, he's enjoying himself. I'm feeling where he's feeling to see if it feels fat. And I'm thinking, wow, <laughs> like look, you're not in the same was. room. Yeah, yeah. Do you know that yeah. those hips that you're worried about, he loves. Yeah, he's trying to bring you closer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. You know. Like the Pepe Le Pew, you know, she's like squeezing to get away because she's thinking <laughs> what he's thinking that he's not thinking, you know. Yeah, yeah. That whole theory. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So that's I, amazing. We sometimes are worried about something our partner is not even <laughs> thinking about. Right. And that's usually, yeah. like she'll say things or he'll say things and she's like, what? No, I... I love that about you. Yeah, I had a I had a client who um, she was like so uh, self conscious about her stretch marks, and it turns out her husband like loved the stretch marks. He was like, "Oh yeah," like that was like turning him on. Oh, you know. So it's yeah. like, w yeah, <laughs> yeah. And We've got to get over that. We've yes. got to find ways to get over it. And yeah. it's hard. I'm not saying it's an easy thing because, yeah. you know, the whole world is telling you like, oh, that is not ugly. It's not attractive. Yep. The world is telling you like you've got to have a 36, 24, 36, somehow have giant boobs and, yep. you know. Like, right. And maintain that forever. Perpetually 30 years old. Like, and it's just, it's really ridiculous. So we've yeah. got to find a way to re, you know reframe the way we think about ourselves. That's right. Um, affirmations, um, I recommend those as well. I think it's an important part of how we can counteract some of the negativity that comes through. Um, knowing your gifts and your, um, I don't know, the things that you feel proud of and excited, mm -hmm. you know, like if, mm -hmm. okay, if you don't feel comfortable that way, but you feel prettier, more relaxed this way, Mm -hmm. Let's use those things that are important to you or that feel good. Yeah. Do you know that it all doesn't have to be all the way up at the top? Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so how, um, how can people get a hold of you? I know that I'm going to post your information and stuff, but, you know, how can people best get a hold of you? Well, um, I don't think that I mentioned this, but I, I have a w website. It's called Intimate Wellness Shop. And Intimate Wellness Shop is where you can get products and um, devices um, for um, sexual health and wellness. And so you can go to IntimateWellnessShop.com for okay. that. Um, if you're interested in um, coaching with me, um, Intimate Life Coaching, that is at GoodGroove.com. So that there name. you can book a discovery call um, and meet with me. That's fabulous. I love the name, by the way. <laughs> very you. good. Well, thank you so much. I very much enjoy getting to talk to you. It was great. Thanks for having me. Thanks. For more information, visit our website at lifesauce.com. That's life-sauce.com. And be sure to follow us on social media for our upcoming podcasts. I'm Dr. Christy Wise. Thanks for joining us. 